Hello and welcome to the Faithful Fit Dad podcast. This is episode number two. Uh, if you could do me a favor and leave a comment and a star rating, it would be greatly appreciated. And uh, let's go ahead and get this new episode kicked off. Hope you guys enjoy. Again, welcome to the second episode of the Faithful Fit Dad podcast. So in this episode, I kind of want to talk about uh, some of the things that I've gone through in my life, uh, some of the struggles that I've been through, and what I've put in place to sort of help combat, actually I shouldn't say sort of, I should say to help combat and uh, keep me from falling into the habitual sins that I had been struggling through before. So if you've read my blog, you've seen some of the uh, posts that I've put up before, but what I'm going to do in this episode is just talk through some of those and, uh, you know, like I said, give you some of the steps and what I call guardrails that we've put in place uh, with my wife and myself. So one of the biggest things is for years for me, I was trapped, even though it was uh, by choice because I knew that it was wrong and it was something that I shouldn't be doing um, by the same habitual sin. And it felt like no matter what I did, I was just stuck in it. Uh, I didn't want to admit that, you know, I was doing it because I enjoyed it, uh, that I knew that it was wrong. Uh, I just kind of just kept going back to it. Uh, it was it was life-draining, uh, joy-stealing. It was destroying my marriage from the inside. And uh, it seems to be a plight that so many people from all walks of life deal with. And, of course, if you haven't figured that out yet, what it is, you know, it it was it was sexual immorality. Um, while the depth of my sin might not have been as deep as others, it was still a sin against my body. And if you read Genesis 2.24, where God, you know, states that uh, the two flesh become, the two become one flesh, uh, I was sinning against my wife also. Um... And I was knowingly and willingly doing it. And I was knowingly and willingly allowing myself for years to wander the internet aimlessly with a complete awareness of what I was doing would lead to something that I really knew that I shouldn't do. And I willingly searched, scrolled, clicked, and I watched things that I knew in my heart were wrong. But I continued to do it anyways. You know, what was even worse is until recently when I was listening to the Marriage After God podcast uh, on pornography, uh, I didn't acknowledge that I loved it. And it took uh, me hearing Aaron Smith uh, pointing that out that until we come to the conclusion that it's something that we love and it's something that we absolutely need to get rid of in our life because of how destroying it is, um, you know, it's just something that we're going to continue to go back to. You know, why else would we keep going back to it if we didn't like it or love it? Um, you know, like I said before, I was committing adultery against my wife, and I was bringing a darkness into our marriage, all because I was selfish. And because of my selfishness, I loved the rush and the feeling that it brought. You know, and the worst part about it was that I should have been running from it, but I wasn't. Uh, in fact, it was something that I ran to when I was feeling disconnected from my wife. And because I was feeling disconnected from her, and I was running to that, that disconnect would just, it continued to become worse. I mean, it came to the point where I felt like she didn't know me. Um, 
I felt like there were a lot of things that I was hiding, and that's because I was hiding a lot. Um, I was running away from the light instead of, you know, running to the light and shedding the light on my life. Uh, and, and coming to her to help... What's the best way to put this? Instead of coming to her and confessing my sins and installing guardrails in my life to continue uh, to be able to fight and stay away from what I had been uh, delving into and diving into. Um, this is a hard one for me, guys. I mean, seriously, it's it brings up a lot of pain of uh, what I've dealt with. Um, and the pain of what I did to my wife and my kids uh, because of my sin, uh, because of my habitual sin. Um, you know, and the worst part about it for me is that the sin, it always has a way to try and hide um, what we're doing. Um, it has a way of making us think that it's only an every now and then thing. Um, that it's something we can run to when we need to cope with whatever bad things are going on in our life at that time. Yet, it's the bad thing that is probably causing the things that we're trying to cope with. It's a choice that we make, even though, you know, and it's the wrong choice. Not even though, it is the wrong choice. It's sinful. Um, it's the choice that we make instead of doing what we should be doing. And that is spending time in God's Word. Um, instead of filling up on His Word, His everlasting truth, we spend time, we spend wasted time drinking from a poison well that it's only going to lead to death. And the worst part about it is that we, you know, for me, I thought that I had it in control, when in reality it was controlling me. You know, looking back now, after beginning my journey of purity and walking in God's Word and spending time in prayer with Him, uh, I see the lies that I had told myself, and I'm beginning now to very clearly see how the addiction had damaged me. And it didn't just damaged me physically or relationally, it damaged me spiritually and mentally also. I mean, it changes the way that you see things. It changes the way that you see your, your spouse, your wife, um, when you should be seeing her as... A daughter of God and pursuing her the way that Christ pursues the church. Um, instead, you're just seeing her as an object, and that is completely wrong. Yeah, you know, it, it it damaged my relationship with my wife because no matter how much I wanted to believe that I had the ability to compartmentalize and keep the things separate, it was always seeping into every part of my life. Um, I would run to it, and as I said before, I would look for excuses to go and, you know, check out different things. Matter of fact, it also affected my temper with my kids and the way that my attitude was towards my kids, which I very deeply regret now. Uh, I would be very short with them because there were a lot of things that were happening and they were interrupting my time uh, if they didn't go to bed early. Just uh, this litany and list of things that just kind of just would set me off. And the way that, you know, I look at it as God entrusts us with these beautiful and wonderful blessings that are our children. And I wasn't treating them as such. Uh, and, you know, when I was typing out 
this podcast and the and the blog, you know, my heart was just aching because it was wrong. It was it was completely wrong. One of the big verses that has been hitting me pretty hard lately is First uh, Timothy six eleven. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from these, from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. That one hit home, and it hit home hard. You know, we need to run away, run far away from the evil things, and we need to seek righteousness. You know, praise God that he's been working on my heart and drawing me closer to his. And praise him that his son continued to pursue me, even when I was unresponsive to his love. And because of his love, his constant pursuit, I've been able to turn tail and run. And the best part is, instead of running to something that doesn't fill my heart and something that's poisoning me, I'm running to the one that holds my heart and sacrificed himself so that I could be set free. Now, one of the things that I had to ask myself after I had brought my sin to light with my wife was, you know, where do, you, where do I go from here? You know, ultimately, how do I protect myself from allowing allowing myself to be yoked again by the sin that had been for so many years that had control over me? You know, how do we all protect ourselves from falling back into sin that once controlled our lives? And how do we live in the ultimate defeat over it? Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 gives us an excellent guide of what we should be doing. And for me, with the newfound freedom, it holds much more dear to my heart than it had before. It has truly taken on new meaning for me as I sit here and I read it again while I was typing this post up. You know, the fact that Paul takes the opportunity to point out that it's not flesh and blood enemies that we're up against, but it's evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, along with evil spirits in the heavenly places. Guys, this isn't something that we come face to face with in the physical sense. Instead, it's something so much darker that wants us to de- that wants to destroy every good part of us that there is. You know, the devil seeks to destroy, and he wants to destroy the thing that God loves. And in that destruction, he wants to cause just as much collateral damage as he can. And that's why the devil goes after our marriages, after our thoughts, after our apathy and passiveness, and he uses that apathy and passiveness to further destroy. You know, when we as men do not stand up and fight, we allow for darkness to seep in and destroy. One of the things that I talk about in one of the blog posts is uh, generational sin. Uh, That idea came from one of the other podcasts that I had listened to. And he had talked about uh, when we allow ourselves to remain in generational sin and we don't break it, then we'll be handed it'll be handed down like a family recipe to our children. Now when I talk about when I talk about what generational sin means to me, uh, for me it's more the I lived in a habitual habit of sin that was going to pass down to my children. You know as much as we like to think that maybe we've gotten that hidden and maybe it's hidden away, it's going to find a way to seep into our kids' lives. If, because Let's face it, we're not going to teach them to stay away from it. Because if we do, and we're involved in it, then the questions are going to come up, and the truth is going to come out. It's so much better living 
with that truth out there and letting, you know, talking with my, my wife about what I had been doing. And, and now that I'm staying away from it and now that, you know, uh, now that God is leading me in the path of purity, you know, I, I have the ability to, to, to raise my children and talk to them and let them know the dangers of what it could do to their lives and to their spirit and to their souls. So for me, we have to break that, that habitual sin uh, so we don't pass that down to our kids. That's what I mean by generational sin. Um, for me, that brought a lot of shame to the forefront of my mind. Uh, the choices that I had been making, um, the choices that we all allow ourselves to make for continued living in the same habitual sins, whether it be sexual immorality or cursing or uh, apathy, um, bad, bad handling of money. I mean, there's just this huge list of things that when we don't break those and we don't give our children the proper um, the proper way to deal with them and the proper training then you know it's just gonna it's gonna bounce into their lives and then they're gonna continue on with that which is gonna bounce into their children's lives and so on and so forth and for me I wanted to break this downline I mean it ends now I'm not gonna allow it to seep into their lives because I have a calling by God to lead my children and to lead my wife. And my wife and I are going to make every effort to raise our children so that they can put on the armor of God and guard their hearts against the attacks of the enemy. We'll make it known to them that the damage that the sexual immorality can cause not just to them, but also to when they have spouses, what it can do to their spouses and to their marriages and to their kids. We're going to make sure that we arm them to do battle so that they can walk in purity. You know, truthfully for me, this isn't something that I was taught when I was growing up. It wasn't something that I was warned about. Um, you know, I sure, I got the sex before marriage is bad talk. But there wasn't much substance to it. And I allowed myself to fall into that trap when I was old enough to make my own decisions. That I had, that I had not received the armor necessary to truly understand the importance of what purity meant. And instead I sought, I sought out the things of impurity. And the damage that I suffered, it followed me. You know, we have to switch our thought process from one that's passive. Thinking that we can just float through life and not push... <laughs> and not put much into the fight because we feel so defeated to one of a warrior, one where we keep our head on a swivel, always remaining alert to the, the temptations that so often before us led us into sin. You know, donning the armor of God is something that we have to intentionally do. We have to spend time in his word daily and listen to his voice through his word. And we must do it with intentionality. We have to create a solid foundation to stand on, one that will withstand the test of time and the continual attacks from the enemy. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. 
Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. That's from 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 9. Here we receive instructions that we need to stay alert because the devil is continually looking for us to drop our guard for a moment of weakness that he can drag us back down into the shame and sin that we are fighting against. And not only that, but we have to understand that it's not just us. Every believer deals with some issue, with something that the devil is attacking them with. And we have to become open with one another. We have to, as men, surround ourselves with other men who are walking a godly life, who are walking in the light, and who are going to call us out when we need to get called out. So what steps do we need to take to be constantly alert you know do you know your triggers are there certain times that you feel that you easily fall into temptation do you find yourself just sitting around twiddling your thumbs when you could be reading the bible and next thing you know you're scrolling on your phone and you're looking at things you shouldn't be so here are a few of the guardrails that my wife and I have put into place, you know, and hopefully these will be a starting place for you. Um, I know that they're great for me. They've been working great for me, and I've grown exponentially over the past few months. Um, the first one is read the Bible. Seriously, one of the biggest things that I should have been doing for the past few decades was something that I wasn't doing. I wasn't spending time reading God's word. I wasn't arming myself with his truths. Instead, I'd waste hours and hours watching TV. And it's not that watching TV is bad. But what I was watching was, I was allowing that to mold me. And I was allowing it to mold my view of the way that I saw things. Where I should have been allowing the potter to have his hands on the clay and to mold me to what I needed to be. One of the other things that we can do is, point number two, is read books by other Christian men who've gone through the same struggles. And you know what? Learn from them. Uh, God has a way of speaking to our hearts through these men. And at some point, I'll compile a list of the books that I've been reading uh, so that you guys can look them up. Uh, number three, get yourself involved with a community of men, real men, real men who don't have an excuse or an issue with calling you out on the carpet when you need to be men who are godly. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 encourages us to have brothers around us that can lift us up when we're down and battle side by side with us. Four, if you don't have a web filter on your phone or on your computer, you need to get one. And the only person with the password for mine to disable it is my wife. This gives me the constant reminder that I am in a fight and it is a fight that I do not want to lose. Matter of fact, I don't want to have to come out to my wife with another confession that I screwed up again. I can't take seeing the hurt in her eyes or knowing that I have really, really hurt her because that's what it does. Five, make a conscious effort to not have your phone on you all the time. I know for me, it had become an addiction on its own, and it was a constant distraction from the thing that, things that were more important in life. Uh, I spent a lot of time not paying attention to my children because I was too busy on my phone. Uh, I missed a lot of moments with my wife because I was too busy on my phone. Guys, it's a distraction. I'm not saying that your phone's bad. I'm just saying, look up every now and then. Uh, for me, number six, uh, for me, a bigger trigger, 
bigger trigger. Uh, big trigger was staying up way past what time that my wife and kids went to bed. Um, and it was a sin of opportunity at that point because there was nobody around and I was bored. Uh, top that off with mindlessly watching TV and scrolling the internet and you've got a recipe for failure. So now I make the effort to finish up what needs to be finished so that I can go to bed at the same time that my wife does. If you have an opportunity for sin and you don't run away from it, you will fall into it. You know, there's several other guardrails that are being put into place, uh, but I just kind of wanted to give you guys a few just to start with. You know, remember this is, an, uh, this is not a battle that can be handled alone. Um, life cannot be done alone. God recognizes that the creation when he made Eve to be the helper of Adam. The writer of Ecclesiastes knew this also. Proverbs 27:17 says that iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Luke 10:1 After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And there are many, many other verses that let us know that we have to have battle buddies. Um, we have to have other men around us who, as I said a couple times before at this point, guys who aren't, aren't going to be afraid to call you out, you know, who are going to ask you, Hey, how are you doing? And they're going to actually mean it. And if they, and if you need correction, they're going to correct you biblically. So with that said, find those brothers that'll stand beside you who are willing to get bloody with you. And they're going to be in there with you for the fight when you need them the most. So this pretty much concludes uh, this episode for episode two. If you could leave a comment and also a star rating, I would greatly appreciate that. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at faithfulfitdad at gmail.com. You can also find me at Instagram, uh, all at faithfulfitdad, and Facebook at faithfulfitdad also. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you guys in a week.